This is your KVNF Regional Newscast for Tuesday, February 6th. I'm Lisa Young. A Ridgeway man previously acquitted in a 2018 sexual assault case in Uray County has been arrested again on suspicion of sexually assaulting a 28-year-old woman in December. The Uray Plain dealer reports that in the 2018 case, Brian Scranton was found not guilty of assaulting a woman at a house party in 2015. Scranton is scheduled to return to court on February 8th. Unaffiliated voters will still be allowed to participate in Colorado state Republican primaries after a federal judge ruled on Friday, rejecting the Colorado's GOP's latest attempt to exclude them, reports the Colorado Sun. Chief U.S. District Court Judge Philip A. Brimmer found the GOP failed to prove that Colorado's law allowing unaffiliated voters to cast ballots in partisan primaries violated Republicans' constitutional rights. He also wrote that the party presented no evidence suggesting that Colorado's semi-open primary system causes candidates to moderate or change their policy stance on specific issues. The decision may be appealed, although it's not clear if there's enough time for the appeal to be settled before the primaries on June 25th. Delta County has installed a new 24-hour ballot drop box at Crawford Town Hall. Beginning February 12th, the Crawford Town Hall drop box will be available to voters alongside several other ballot drop-off locations across Delta County. Drop boxes are accessible 24-7, enabling voters to submit their ballots at any time that is convenient for them. Throughout the election cycle, bipartisan teams will regularly check and collect ballots from the drop-off boxes. Contents of each drop box will be collected based on the state's requirement. Emergency contact numbers will also be on the boxes. Other 24-hour ballot drop-off locations in Delta County are at the Delta County Courthouse, Paonia Town Hall, Cedar Edge Library, Town of Orchard City Building, and the North Fork Annex. New rules for measuring water use are in effect for some rivers in northern Colorado. KUNC's Alex Hager reports the water measurements come in a state effort to count every drop of water. The new requirements to install measurement devices mostly apply to agricultural users on the Yampa, White, Green, and North Platte rivers. Erin Light is an engineer with the Colorado Water Conservation Board. She says they'll give the state better standing in talks about the shrinking Colorado River. Whatever that negotiation is, you're always stronger with data be able to say, hey, this is what we're diverting, and we know this. States from Wyoming to California are under pressure to cut back on their water use from the Colorado River, which supplies about 40 million people. Lights Agency is also developing similar measurement rules for the Dolores and San Juan Rivers in the southwest corner of Colorado. I'm Alex Hager. The controversial Uinta Basin Railroad project facing cross-country opposition has been derailed once again, by a recent federal decision for Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KDNK's Amy Hayden Marsh reports on what's next. We're happy that we won this battle in court, but the war continues. That's Ted Zukoski, attorney for the Center for Biological Diversity. The fight he's talking about is against the proposed Uinta Basin Railway, or UBR, which would have hauled Uinta Basin crude oil to loadout facilities in Utah to ship through Colorado to Gulf Coast refineries. 
the center, Eagle County, the city of Glenwood Springs, and other counties and municipalities in Colorado won a 2022 lawsuit last August contesting the initial approval of the UBR by the Federal Surface Transportation Board and the accompanying U.S. Fish and Wildlife Biological Opinion. A federal appeals court judge ruled against an appeal in December of last year, which meant that the board's approval and the biological opinion have officially been vacated. Utah's Ashley National Forest in July 2023 approved a right-of-way for a portion of the proposed railway through a roadless area. But earlier this month, the Forest Service withdrew the permit. It's pretty much just a recognition by the Forest Service that when they made a decision that relied upon an environmental impact statement and the biological opinion, that, you know, if they rely on those documents, they can't anymore because those documents have been vacated. In an emailed statement to KDNK, Don Jock, the acting public affairs officer for the Ashley National Forest, said, quote, due to the Surface Transportation Board's environmental impact statement and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service's biological opinion being vacated by the court and the Forest Service reliance on these analyses, our record of decision to grant the right-of-way was withdrawn, end quote. He added that the Surface Transportation Board will work directly with project proponents to determine the next steps and that the Ashley National Forest will continue to consider right-of-way requests in the future. UBR proponents and opponents have been waiting for the Forest Service decision for months. Conservation groups Colorado Rising and 350 Roaring Fork have held protests in Glenwood Springs over the past two years, including a flotilla on the Colorado River last summer. Kate Mave is an organizer for Colorado Rising. Just because we see that one step gets denied doesn't mean that the fight is over. As much as this is a win, it's still important to stay vigilant and say, we do not want this ever. So we will continue to keep fighting as long as we see that they keep trying to push this the fight isn't over. Three transloading facilities in the Price Helper area are looking at expansions in order to handle more crude oil coming from the Uinta Basin. The waxy crude is currently transported by truck, which was one of the reasons behind creating a railway to get the crude out of the basin. Trucking the crude north to Salt Lake City or west to the transloading facilities takes longer and uses narrow state highways, which can be hazardous. Producers want to increase the volume coming out of the Uinta Basin to 100,000 barrels a day, which, according to the Natural Resources Defense Council, means tripling the amount of tanker trucks on Utah roads. It's a dramatic increase. It is evidence that they're, you know, they're moving on to Plan B and uh, that they are desperately trying to get more oil out of the basin and into the markets away from Salt Lake, which is the only place they can get them to now. But Salt Lake City refineries are capped at around 83,000 barrels per day of Uinta Basin crude due to air quality concerns. So if they want to increase the amount of oil they're pumping, they got to figure out another way to get it to market, which is why they need the Uinta Basin Railway, which is why they need these loadouts. All that will require uh, approval by the Utah Division of Air Quality with some oversight from the federal EPA. The Wildcat loadout facility is undergoing an analysis by the Bureau of Land Management, but it's not certain how extensive that analysis will be. 
Environmental groups and elected officials have written letters to the BLM urging the agency to conduct a full analysis for the project. For KDNK News, I'm Amy Haddon Marsh. That's your KVNF Regional Newscast for today. I'm Lisa Young.